Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Count the Dings Westworld Podcast. I'm your architect, Anthony Mays, forging the entirety of this podcast with only one tool, the mistake. We've got our very own Bernarnold replica, complete with Hulk button accessory, Dave Schilling, the man in black constantly searching for the center of the maze, Jake Hoy, a smart meatball with an incalculable number of thoughts per second. That's a big number, Tom Rehaber Stroboam. Much more dangerous than she looks and rocking futuristic gala attire, it's Eden Liu. This week, we're doing designer drugs at sex parties, y'all. Hell yeah. Episode four, The Mother of Exiles. Once again, Jake, a poem as used in Emma Lazarus's poem inscribed on the Statue of Liberty. Let's get right into this. Jake, congratulations, man. (laughs) Take a motherfucking (laughs) bow. (laughs) Called it. Victory lap. Let's go. It almost felt like hitting a home run in a in a baseball game getting the tie and the, or the yeah. lead in the fourth inning and then the rain comes and they wash out the whole game and tell you the stats don't count because your fucking pod didn't get posted in front of the episode <laughs> <laughs> nice job i mean as the episode Pretty was good, unfolding right? i was like how did we not see that coming of all the theories that i read online and all that stuff jake was like the only one who came up with the bicameral mind that it was it was dolores the whole time the really funny thing to me was that they revealed it all in one fell swoop, which I kind of dug. It wasn't something they were trying to drag out for the whole season, which I, I think we all assumed they would, or at least play it out a couple more episodes. They've done it a lot this season, Jake, where they explain things in plain terms. They're doing a lot more of exposition, explaining the plot lines, and it, it kind of is overhanded a lot, like especially mm-hmm. with my man Chubbs. And, uh, and Bernard, just a little, like, they're just like talking through things. Yes. Uh, Why do we have to go do this? Oh, because you know, wait, how are you going to get into the party? (laughs) 
well, I didn't hack the system. I, I hacked the Uber driver. They're just holding your hand throughout. And so I think when they did the reveal, it was almost thematically in line with what they've been doing all season, which is kind of just laying it out on a platter for us. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they did that because so many people, including myself, had so many issues with season two, right? Like that's got to be why a little more exposition because no one knows what the hell is going on from just watching. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. say that there's a reaction to that, that the puzzle box is great, but it, it has to pay off Yeah, and it can't just be one endless maze, right? I mean, we're okay with them searching for the center of the maze, but you got to give us something along the way. Endless maze. That's, that's our podcast. <laughs> that's our show. <laughs> If you were short, it would be a bad nickname, but you are pretty tall there, Maze. Endless Maze, I like it. This episode kind of felt like a finale almost. It's just like a lot of things happened and it just blew your mind. And you know what? The end of the fourth quarter, right? This is the fourth episode of the season. Halftime. It did have that kind of almost like a penultimate. Yes. Where you get the bulk of the answers you've been waiting for. And now it's just a matter of how they are going to all pull it all together. Hey now guys, man in black is back. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't this episode so much better because he was there. Ed Harris is such a good actor and it's just, it raised everyone's game by like 30%. I loved this opening scene all together. I thought the return of his daughter and the performance oh. she gave was incredible, including yeah. all of the vocal effects they were using. Am I in his hallucinatory state or am I in a simulation of a nightmare? Yeah, it was awesome. Hey, welcome to the show, Bernard. Are you just crushing beers with Chubbs? That's why you're late? Oh, no, 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 no. I literally just didn't remember we were doing this <laughs> oh wow i'm re i'm super busy as you can tell so. i thought you were gonna say I, that you were busy reprinting your buddy's shoulder i think what happened to dave is he fell on his own remote control i sat on it and he yeah. was kind of trapped there <laughs> for a while where is it in the couch cushions i can't find the damn thing our cold open yes day 37 of coronavirus quarantine and william is having a tough time <laughs> he's struggling i know you're not real he says over and over again shooting mirrors i know who the fuck i am blood drips from the chandeliers the water pours from the ceiling and bill suddenly emerges from the tub there's flashbacks to the park. A vision of his daughter, Emily, starts to bleed. Oh, yeah. It wasn't my fault. I thought you were real. Emily is teasing him about possibly being a host. Holds up the card Ford gave to William containing his Westworld profile. Are you free and evil or blameless and helplessly enslaved, Emily says. What a line. Serious overlap with Forrest and Devs here, Jake. Yeah, big time. Dead daughters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dead daughters and like fate if you're able to control your own destiny. Mm, I love it. Guilt. Emily tells him to finish the game and hands him a shard of mirror to kill himself. <laughs> Charlotte arrives, opens the drapes. William isn't in the bathroom anymore and Emily is gone. William points the gun at Charlotte. She pushes it away, lets him know that Ciroc the wolf is at the door. Fuck it. He's welcome to it. Charlotte says the only thing of any value left in Westworld is the data from the project in Sector 16, meaning the Forge. This gets William's attention. He yells at Charlotte. She wants his support at the emergency investor meeting. William's just been locked in his apartment for 90 days? I wanted to ask you about that, Maze. Like, why was there so much confusion about whether we'd see William 
this season because there didn't seem to be much explanation of what he was doing, where he was, what his storyline was. So like, what was the last time we saw William? We blew off his hand. He was injured in the park as Charloris left with the pearls. And we're meant to assume that he just bled to death there. Oh no. They patched him up and shipped him home. Remember, we saw that future scene. The post credits. Was in the future. That was the last time we saw him. So the last time we saw him in the timeline that resonates with what we're watching now is him going through that door to the forge. If indeed he did go through that door. I think he just bled out there and got picked up by the medical team. Him getting up and walking through the door was all part of the vision from the future. Okay. Because that was the loop that he is on. Right, of course. Right, 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 right. He never leaves the desert ground. It's the real world when he's in his house shooting at the mirrors. This is real. He's still human. I mean, this is the question, right? Fundamentally about his whole stretches. Is he human? Or is he future host man in black? He's going cuckoo bananas. He's shaving himself with the straight razor. He doesn't use the bathroom anymore. That's where his wife died. Charlotte holds the blade to his throat like this little moment. The same way that Dolores did. William wants to find the mole, says Charlotte could be the mole. Charlotte says the forge was lost during the massacre unless Sirach knows something they don't. Hours later, William is finally dressed, but he stops in front of the mirror one more time. Emily appears again. William admits he made a choice to kill Emily because he thought she was a host. Emily says she'll be waiting for him, teasing the post credit scene where she is his handler, checking for fidelity. Charlotte makes a comment about Emily to fuck with William, says she's been listening. I know you down to your bones, Charlotte says, and she set a nice trap, getting William committed to a private mental health hospital which transfers his voting shares to Charlotte. I promised I'd let you destroy yourself one day, Charlotte says, before she pricks William's neck. Jake, what's she doing with that? Dude, I have no idea. That was idea. a question I was going to ask you guys. <laughs> no clue. That was a was that whole like a new sedative? concept for Maybe us. Maybe she needed uh, DNA? Yeah, what? is she trying to be like an all imposter? I can think. Yeah, I mean, she can make a, a fake William while he's pulled up in uh, the cuckoo farm. Yeah, because all we can like relate it to just is got the- a little bit, though. The early scene, right, where she takes a, a vial of blood. Yeah, but it didn't seem like it was that much. No. It's so the future, was, Eden. All you need okay. is a little bit. It's you just only a, t- need a okay. little tiny bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to know if it was an injection or an extraction. Or, right. I think it was an extraction because he got injected by the, the bouncers. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. William is settling into his new digs at Inner Journeys Recovery Center when he is approached by old school blue dress Dolores. Emily's last wish was for William to be a prisoner of his own sins. I guess you've reached the center of your maze, William. (laughs) But the maze is about understanding. You still don't even understand who you are. If any of this was your choice, wouldn't you already know? William asks very slowly, am I me? Welcome to the end of the game. Can't get enough of the Dolores Batman voice. I really can't. (laughs) I can. (laughs) We got William back. This wasn't a full William episode like we discussed it might be. So that could still happen, I suppose. But now he's locked up in a mental hospital. And how sad was that scene? Man, just sitting there by himself and a prisoner of his own mind. Literally. Well, he, he, he already was, he was, though. Before at home. Yeah, like, yeah. He just, he's just got a cleaner location. Yeah. And he's controlled. And less booze. 
he can't play Russian roulette. Less rye whiskey that he pours. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> if you're that far gone and you're that much of a degenerate, why are you pouring a whiskey bottle into a glass? And then drinking it. <laughs> you're drinking it straight from the bottle. You're straight. You're drinking straight from the bottle. Come on. There's no. I don't know. He's, 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 he's a rich. He's a rich it's guy. Memory, Tom. Yeah. He's trying yeah, to. Come on. A semblance of uh, civil, civility and and, and uh, humanity is still there, man. <laughs> oh yeah. He's that, not a complete that guy, savage. That guy that you saw shooting at bullets at mirrors in his house and stepping over glass. He has some semblance of. Sorry, Tom. He never shot bullets at a mirror before. Okay, I've never shot myself. I maintain in the my. I maintain my mirrors. I don't. Uh, I don't shoot bullets at my mirrors. Yeah. Do you respect mirrors? <laughs> Do you respect mirrors? What's the plan for? Like he's just locked up again. He went from being quarantined in his house to locked up in a mental hospital. He seems firmly off the board. With the current events. Right. So the empty seat was him, wasn't it? Yep. He's literally been replaced on the board, but I meant off the board in terms of like a chess sense. I don't know. Uh, I don't think the board so. Because I think he's in play for Dolores somehow. So he'll break out and come after her. No, I don't know if he can break out as much as he can be utilized in some fashion. I think we're getting a host, William, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. the thing that would make the most sense uh, for his. There's only one left. There's only one body left. Yeah. Well, and unless an opportunity to unless he really becomes fun. a a human asset to her against Sirak. But what does he have that he needs? You think? I don't know. Yeah. Yet. Hard to say. Yeah. That rye whiskey. <laughs> We're now in part two of the season, and I feel like we've had a bit of a reboot on the storyline. And you know, that's the intro to all of this. Now we got to see how they put it all together. Right. Our comedy dream team, Bernard and Chubbs. <laughs> yeah. A Rehoboam marker tells us we're in Victorville, which is 30 minutes south of Barstow in North Los Angeles. Ah. Bernard watches two rockets land. Quick flashback to Charlie. When he sees a kid at the motel, he's staying out with Stubbs. Charlie looks a little like Nathan, doesn't he? Oh, that's interesting. Didn't he seem to? I didn't go do a side by oh, side. Oh, just because they're both black? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what hey, is this podcast? Oh, did man. you catch what, what Nathan's last name is? Hale? Nathan Hale? Oh, yes, I did catch that originally, yeah. Hmm. Does anyone and, know Nathan Hale? And, and now we got Navy a Statue guy, of Liberty right? reference. He's the Navy guy, Nathan Hale? Nathan Hale is a huge Connecticut icon. Revolutionary War. <laughs> mm. oh. I used to play baseball at the Nathan Hale Middle School in Norwalk, Connecticut. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He was a spy for the uh, Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. So Nathan is the mole. <laughs> That's, you know what? Remember my theory last week with Walt that he's some sort of like knowing yeah. old adult? Yeah. There we go. Nathan Hale. Little Nathan is actually a mole. I haven't thought it past that. Just want to thank you, Bernard, for bringing me to this shithole. Makes me look back on my time in a murder simulation theme park with fondness. He's Has so funny. Stubbs, did Stubbs have comic lines no. written into his? Narrative no, in the before. previous seasons. Absolutely okay. Not. This is just like his brother. They discovered that his brother could be funny in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> did, did you guys think that line was funny? 
Not really. It was a lot of words. That's for sure. <laughs> I was like, what does he care? His job is to protect Bernard. He's a wisecracking sidekick now. So this is part of his story. He's got a good life. Bernard says they have limited resources, but pulls out a six pack. (laughs) Stubb cracks it one handed and complains about his shoulder because they swam five miles to shore. Okay. Back up here. Hosts like beer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this was another thing. Yeah, Tom, I know. Hosts like beer and get stress injuries too, Tom. What's going on here? It's like, first of all, in 2059, they haven't figured out something better than a six pack, like like with the little plastic thing. (laughs) Secondly, what is Chubbs doing drinking beers? He was designed to replicate humanity to such a degree that people wouldn't know he was a host. So, of course, he's going to be programmed to drink beer. He's an axe-wielding beer head. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's one of the Portland hipsters I've heard so much about. I still don't know this whole story, why we have Bernard and Chubbs. I don't really <laughs> – I don't either. I don't They're care. Dumb. They're yeah. dumb. They're like, oh, who are you? Oh, my God. Bumbling around. Dolores. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That whole scene in the hotel, what was the purpose of that scene? To be like, I can prove that I can stop hosts. Oh, fuck you, Bernard. <laughs> fuck off. Did you say fuck off or fuck you? How did he know he'd been turned off? <laughs> I know. That's another thing. Should he be shit faced? He should be hammered. He shouldn't be able to see straight on that. No, it's like he gets shoved to the back seat when that happens. Somebody else is driving the, the Chubbs wagon because Bernard builds him a Hulk button just like his own. And Bernard believes they replaced Liam Dempsey with the hosts classically wrong bernard so they hacked his car service time to suit up <laughs> the dolores and caleb plot line this was a pretty confusing scene yeah it kind of came in it was almost like another cold open dolores is at arnold's house with bernard confusing cut to bernard and dolores sitting in the lab another cut now bernard is shirtless dolorette takes his control unit dolores picks it up bernard sees the host printer now they're sitting in the living room you taught me that anything was possible dolores says Dolores takes Caleb's suit shopping. He doesn't like rich people. It's tribal. They use plumage to identify themselves, which makes them easily fooled. (laughs) Dolores bumps into a venture capitalist, knocks him out, gives his blood to Caleb for temporary identity theft. Michael! Hey, buddy! She pulls blood out of this dude's neck and then just says, give me your forearm, and is about to just inject... Caleb with the same needle. That's yeah, like an easy way to commit fraud, guys. Like a very easy way to commit fraud. If you just have someone's blood, then you can steal their money. As long as you do it within 20 minutes, though, Dave. Okay. Well, I you mean, can't, clearly, like, that's can't possible. Kill the guy Wednesday and try taking the money on Friday. And come on, when you're at the bank, they don't have a photo ID of you. <laughs> Not anymore. It was just like Liam Dempsey, <laughs> and he's just this staring is at verified. him. Verified. Like, no photo comes up like in a James Bond movie, right? Right. By the way, they got facial recognition in the car, <laughs> but not at the bank. Nah, not at the, not bank. At the bank. But we're Especially the not any way. withdrawals above a hundred million dollars. More secure. Oh, we're gonna need you to do this one more time. Is that a is that a sweat droplet from your face, sir? This machine somehow in 2059, sometimes it doesn't read very well because of perspiration. It's completely ridiculous because 
like I said, it's so easy to commit fraud at this point. It, yeah. it, every single time humanity has tried to figure out a way to prevent people from stealing your identity, somebody out there figures out how to do it. Some robot comes along with a blood needle. Yeah, this is insane. This was the one part of the episode where I was like, come on. You are asking me to swallow a lot of horse shit right now, and I'm all full. Oh, and then there, here's the other thing. Dolores can just bring in a handgun into a bank. Martin bullies Liam into giving up his hash key. I loved this scene. The key to a happy life is to accept your place in it. And you're a lucky little man that gets to piss away his daddy's fortune on a gaggle of hookers who quite honestly serve a greater utility to society than you. If you suddenly want to be in charge of your own financial affairs, I'm happy to relinquish them. But if you want to resume your extracurricular activities, then just sign here, and both of us will go back to doing what we do best. I was getting serious Logan and Kendall vibes from this scene, especially with the Scottish accent. Martin really rips Liam a Kendall-sized new one. He looks pretty much like Kendall at this point. Totally powerless and obviously just the offspring of someone who's way more powerful and smart than he is. Dolores and Caleb enter a palatial bank for a different social set, the RGGR Centennial. Caleb asks what happens if they run out of time. We do this the old-fashioned way. (laughs) I kill everyone. They're transferring all $315 billion of Liam Dempsey's net assets. Caleb's fingerprint isn't working. Dolores starts sizing up security, but his finger was just sweaty, guys. It's all good. It goes through. (laughs) Liam walks into an eyes-wide-shut masquerade. King Douche Roderick and Penny greet him. Tonight is not about dead girlfriends. It's about unabashed self-gratification. Eden Roderick's got the good drugs, a brand new digital psychopharma hybrid called Genre. Oh. Sends you straight to the silent era and back. What the fuck type of shit has he got? I wanted to know more. I Like, is it a hallucinogen or like, what, what are we, psychedelic combination of all of the above? I don't know, but it looked like some good shit. And also just like holding it out in plain sight. Like there was no... No, hey. but it's the future. Everyone was on drugs there. Oh, no, dude. That's like eyes wide shut party. Yeah. That's like they're, br- they're going to be bringing cocaine around yeah, on platters. Yeah, on platters. Silver platters. Come on, dude. Bernard oh, might be showing up. Because we don't use plastic like anymore. sweet soul. He doesn't Everybody's doing it. <laughs> Do we think they still have cocaine in the future? They definitely. Definitely have They cocaine. better still have cocaine in the future. <laughs> that shit ain't going anywhere. Yeah, but what if you have like all kinds of super drugs? Like well, it'll technologic be like synthetic co- cocaine, I'm sure. Like they'll uh, just I'm sure there's still some hipsters yeah. out there doing cocaine manually, oh, cool. dude. <laughs> totally. 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 It'll, it'll be you me and Jake in the future still doing cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> you had to do use a straw or like a piece of paper? Like, yeah, man. Oh, a dollar paper. like a hundred dollar bill? We don't use currency anymore. $100? That's how much a candy bar costs. I can't thumbprint this into my nose? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't just automatically drip into my mouth every hour? Liam is hesitant, says he's not into fucking whores, but when he sees a blonde woman that looks kind (laughs) of like Dolores with her bush out, he's all in, baby. What a weird moment that was. I'm not going to book it. (laughs) On second thought. 
What a liar, dude. Liam goes to make a bid on the auction, but learns that he's broke. Roderick says, I'll spot you, but he's already gone. <laughs> Dolores and Caleb enter. Martin has the bird's eye view. I thought your world would be so different from mine, but there isn't any difference at all. <laughs> Bernard and Stubbs grab Liam. Bernard tries to put him in diagnostic. This is just <laughs> hilarious. So good. So bad. So good. So bad. It was like, it's like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Stubbs says, you got to do it my way. He pulls a gun on him. Then Dolores clocks Stubbs right in the <laughs> chest, <laughs> gives his gun to Caleb, beats the shit out of him, and tosses him off a balcony. Where's the magical axe when you need it? Penny's watching, but just thinks it's good drugs. <laughs> it can't be that good, if that's what she thought it was like, right. Eden. Yeah. Or is she just a poser? She's just a poser. I got the serious poser vibes from her. She's just trying to fit in. Yeah, like Liv Tyler. She sucks. I mean, they both suck. I hate Roderick so much. Roderick, just like, he's like the guy you just want to punch in the face. He's the new Logan. No, but I like you, Logan. You oh, liked Logan? Did? Yeah. Why? Yeah, Tom <laughs> loves Logan. He rides for Logan. I ride for oh, Logan. Lord. Like the horse that he rode off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> yes. Caleb intercepts Bernard, who asks if Caleb is one of us. Martin arrives with Liam's security team and executes all of them from behind. None of them even turn around or do anything. They just go down. <laughs> Martin sends Caleb running after a confused and terrified Liam. This next part cuts back and forth as Dolores reveals her replicant scheme to Bernard, Maeve, and William all at the same time, calling herself an old friend. I thought it was well done, but Jake ripping the lid off the theory last week can't get mad at jake for that i wasn't like moved by this i you know like <laughs> i was more moved by jake's theory when when did you know it was happening though definitely earlier in the episode really it was just kind of already in my head so even the charlotte scenes with bill yeah right i was already thinking about it the razor blade mm -hmm. like i know you to your bones maybe yes. that was the show <laughs> that was seconds before <laughs> It was a fun way to watch the show. I got to tell you that. It's like, <laughs> shit, I nailed it. It's like, like in FanDuel when your guy hits a grand slam. Yes, nice. <laughs> the right pick. <laughs> totally. And you got, right, you got him in the right spot. <laughs> he was the cheap guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he was the flyer that night. Like I said, it was kind of neat the way they just did it all at once. And now we can get on to the rest of the story. And the way all the storylines synced up was well done as well. Yes. I mean, I, I loved the best episode when, by uh, far. Jake in the chat. I said that when Dolores puts in the contact lens, yes, that might be how she's controlling all of this at once. Right. I don't think that it's as simple as she split Wyatt off and put that in Charlotte. I think it's all, starting from scratch copies of her yes but is there a hive mind element you think do you think that one dolores is pulling all the strings i don't think so because if that were the case there would have been no need for the hail version of dolores to go see her in person maybe it's a one-way link from arch dolores to the rest it's possible but she didn't indicate that on any level yet yeah i think that will be really interesting to see if especially if we get maybe all five Doloreses in the same place because they do happen. seem to be independent of each other and making their own choices it doesn't even seem as if dolores has programmed them in a specific direction other than relying on she's the foundation of each of these new people. 
it's possible that maybe when she's going into their programming Mm -hmm. that she's turning up certain traits and turning down certain traits. They're all unique in some way. And I think that's going to be like the most interesting part of the last four episodes of the season is seeing how these, these characters differentiate themselves from each other or don't. So they're children. They're not all a hive mind. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably the best way to describe it is that, Dolores Prime is like their mother and they're all kind of infants in terms of their understanding of their... They haven't unlocked the maze. Exactly. Right. My question is, were any of you bummed about this twist? No, not at all. I think it was the best it definitely looked, not. It made logical sense. It that's, didn't that's make sense like, for him to be anyone else is the right. thing. Like none of the other characters we came up with were really like making sense and I feel like we went down the list, so I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah. Just if you were wishing that some characters came back, but there I aren't like that, too many compelling characters. That, yeah, I'm like, kind of glad that that's not the case, I think. Yeah. yeah, none that made sense and none that all the big ones were on Maeve's team. I actually feel like this gives it more stakes that they're all her and amplifies her character's journey more the rest of the way. Yeah, and one of them could die or something, and it could be devastating. Whereas if Angela died or Teddy died even, I don't think I would care. I think it also makes it easier to follow, like, Hale as Hale now. Dolores possessing Hale as opposed to thinking about another character possessing Hale. What's the whole cigarette thing? Dolores Hale is, like, smoking cigs? Oh, Charlotte smoking cigs. Chubbs is chugging beers. They've all got vices. <laughs> someone else. Um, someone Why else. do they need vices? Because <laughs> they got to humanize these hosts. They got that huge emotional affect. Maybe they're on. overcompensating for trying to come off as humans. It's in their core drive, Jake. Yeah. I honestly think that these are things that are put into these hosts through the programming. I think Stubbs is programmed yeah. to be kind of a meathead. And of course he would love, you know, to have a beer every once in a while. The real Dave, Charlotte Hale smokes. You know what, Dave? Uh, what? If people are still smoking cigarettes in 2059, they're We're still, doing, still cocaine. doing cocaine. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right about that. <laughs> Teresa Cullen from uh, season one, she also smoked. So people oh, smoke yeah. in this universe. But those were people though. But what I'm saying is oh, that right. Hale smoked. Hale, <laughs> the actual Hale did smoke. Right. Yes, and so right. they're trying to replicate her real of behavior. Co- great point. Great point, of course. Caleb catches Liam. Dolores walks up. Hello, lover. Liam is terrified. <laughs> He's also amused. Is he? He's like, whoa, you're back. <laughs> whoa. I thought he just looked terrified if I'm he, being honest. I think that's honest. him being horny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and control. He's still all horned up from the auction that he didn't get to participate in. When I said it out loud, it wasn't as strong as it was in my head. I tried not to think about it, so it came back louder. I think I spent about a year since I became a snob, decided not to play along, so it grew bigger.
starts with an absolutely incredible exterior shot of the Esplanade Concert Hall in Singapore. Then we're inside of the Art Deco Atlas Bar, an incredible tower of booze. Ciroc brings Maeve back online, and she believes it's an over-the-top simulation. Maeve says Ciroc should have taken her to Paris, which Ciroc explains burned and only exists in his mind. I thought Vincent Cassell was really great in this scene, and it's setting up a Ciroc-focused episode. Some flashbacks to the Parisian countryside. Could be an interesting way to go, to learn why a city like Paris would have been erased off the map. A nuclear explosion? Why didn't we get the uh, the dude from Chernobyl if we're doing all these HBO crossovers? <laughs> That's a great question. Scientist guy. Speaking of SIGs, yeah. Oh, yeah, hella SIGs. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just like everybody was smoking all the time. Yes. And, and my wife, when she was watching the, the scene, she was like, wait, what the fuck happened to Paris? I guess a nuclear bomb went off? Well, did you see the tr- the truck yeah. in his flashback? That was like yeah. a nuclear response yeah. truck. And the and clouds. The guys are like, hey, yeah. you guys are in danger. Why? Why? What? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Was yeah. it Delos? Was it Delos versus Rehoboam? Or a dirty bomb. Guys, we're going to get some sort of terrorist explanation for it, since Paris is constantly being put under siege by terrorist activity. I think it makes a lot of logical sense from real current events. Going back to the genre drug, I I feel like this idea of taking drugs and playing out something within a genre says something about what the show does. You know, there was the West world, the Raj world. Uh, samurai world and this story being told to us is like in a way it's like a multiple it's multiple genres of filmmaking and television making happening simultaneously you know what i mean that's going to come into play somehow they even change the aspect ratio of of certain shots depending on if you're in a simulation or you're in the real world so that's a that's a good note when we were in the forge it was different yes it had the letterboxing clue in retrospect so rock has been waiting a long time for the host to arrive once again devs vibes super hard humanity's biggest threat has always been itself Ciroc explains to Maeve that he needs the forged data to make a complete map of the human mind, and Dolores has the key. He dangles the sublime as bait for Maeve, because Dolores also has the key to that. Then he takes Maeve to Arnold's house and calls it a divergence. They walk right in. Ciroc says it's been three months, so we're still on the 92 days timeline established by Bernard. They check out the printer. There's a white handprint on the side. We see a tablet with five unauthorized host control units. Oh, this was a moment also where I kind of thought about your theory, Jake, was this tablet shot. Right. Sorok has an identity broker named Jang tied up who was paid from the account of our friend Jerry who died in the first episode. Sorok smugly puts hollow glasses on Jang's face that project his family getting killed. He cracks immediately. Jang sends Maeve to the mortician. Side quest activated. Sorok shoots him in the face and then gives a terrifying monologue. He was a traitor to his kind, whether he understood that or not. Humans created the idea of heaven and hell to cow simple-minded people into compliance. They are lies. Jung here simply doesn't exist anymore. But for you, 
both heaven and hell could be very real. You could spend eternity with your daughter, or you can spend it in your cage, wondering what Dolores will do with the rest of your kind. And if I do find Dolores, why would I bother bringing her back to you? Your mind is complicated, Maeve, but not so complicated that we couldn't build enough switch into it. Just to remind you, I also got this garage door opener, babe. Don't step out of line. <laughs> Maeve wanders around Singapore. Her Bluetooth is back. She's causing lots of interference. She beats the shit out of a bouncer and a cokehead who threatens to put her to work. And she shoots the cokehead in the dick. Oh. He was doing cocaine. Yeah, I guess they, <laughs> yeah. Do have, they do have it. Confirmed. Maeve asks the mortician about Dolores, and she sends Maeve to the Yakuza. The mortician says the new Yakuza boss is Sato. Maeve hacks the door of the Itai Doshin distillery. Bunch of Yakuza with wrist guns that makes them auto-aiming, which means Maeve can control them, and she kills everyone. How convenient. Then she starts wielding a samurai sword. She stabs one dude into a barrel, and we learn it's filled with milky white host goop. <gasps> not bourbon. White Russians. Trademark. It's not a distillery. They're making hosts. Maeve finally reaches the final boss, and it's Musashi from Shogun World. Whoa. Musashi shoots the mortician and wonders aloud whether Maeve gave the hosts a choice or made the decision for them. Maeve doesn't believe it's actually Musashi and asks who's inside him. Maeve realizes that Dolores made copies of herself. If you want something done right, do it yourself. <laughs> I can't do Batman voice for all of the Doloreses, just Dolores <laughs> Prime. Okay. Gotta save that, fair, otherwise fair. my voice will just crap gonna out. Just going to go out. <laughs> Musashi can't let Sorak use Maeve as a weapon. Musashi and Maeve throw down. They definitely just brought this guy back because he's so incredible with the sword. Yeah, he is. Legend. He headbutts Maeve and stabs her right in the stomach. Then he leaves her to bleed out on the ground as her blood contrasts nicely with the milky host goop. His men say it's time to go. I was staring at this image of the goop and the blood, trying to see if it was anything <laughs> for too long. I'll tell you that. <laughs> like, like a magic frame. By frame. <laughs> That's what's yeah. in the... Hey, uh, I read somewhere, so this isn't my idea, but it's interesting, is the strawberry milkshake. Have you guys heard this? Caleb, when he spills the or throws up the strawberry milkshake... Oh. It is looks like a white blood goop. Mm. And so it is inferring that he is a hybrid. Hybrid. It makes sense. It feels yeah. right. I He's mean, some sort of super soldier. You got to analyze all the thrown up milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> Analysis. It, it had could to have be, just it as had easily be been strawberry. a chocolate shake. Yeah. yeah. Why did it have to be strawberry? He's like a universal soldier. Cyborg people. You know, they get like made... Soldiers, you remember this movie with Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, it made, would make sense. Yeah, he's been modified because he's a is a soldier. They're modified, right, by the government, and like so, if he went into some kind of foster care, he was like Jason Bourne into some kind of six million dollar man situation. Jason Bourne, Homecoming, Universal right. Soldier, lots of traces that would make sense for a conspiracy plotline for the Caleb Angle. million dollar man. Dave, what happened on this week's featurette? I didn't even try to watch it. They did not have one. Presumably because this had such a huge reveal and right. uh, they were expecting this to be a big pop culture event. 
not knowing that a pandemic would make no one care about Westworld <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, so I'm sure they were like, don't, don't shoot a featurette for this. We don't want the secret to get out. We can't talk about it. And then people are like, that show is still on. Is, is that what the ratings are like Dave, oh, for the show this season? I don't even think they've reported ratings for stuff like this. I don't think anyone really is paying attention. Yeah, um, I think people are paying attention. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure some people are watching, but I'm, I mean more like the cultural conversation is so yes. consumed with, Yes. Whether or not we're all going to die. Do you think that the Tiger King, do you think that broke three? Because that was right at the beginning when everybody was just like, oh, cool. A couple days at home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> no. it was like, what, eight episodes and it's a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. Where this and is season three of it. a show that people were kind of already sick of when season two ended. <laughs> Well, that was because season two was like not Bad. unless you kept up with all of the Reddit and like reading behind it. It was kind of hard to understand. It was not good. Yeah. yeah. This Unfortunately, this season, I think, has been so much better than season two. To but Tom's yeah. point, they're trying to explain things along the way yep. and not just keep us in the dark. It's yeah, the, they're it's not clearly linear like they're now. above the audience. Yeah. Also, it's just dumb and fun. Like, I've seen a lot of people on, on Twitter complain and say, oh, this show is really stupid. It's so stupid. Like, that's the point. I'm having a great time. <laughs> There's, It's the future. There are robots. People are shooting at each other. It's awesome. Yeah, it's you don't know who's human. So, you, yeah. so you're digging the action thriller vibe of it all. Yes, they've really pared it down to the essentials and just are allowing it to be a more expensive version mm -hmm. of like a syndicated sci-fi show from 1995. <laughs> it's like Babylon five time tracks. Babylon five. Oh. Babylon five. That is so funny. All the Singapore locations are out of control, man. That's yeah. the future. That place exists now. And it's like the future. It's bizarre. Singapore is insane. So here are my questions. How big a role is Sirach playing the rest of the way? And how important is this backstory, Mace? Well, he's the primary antagonist, so... Yeah, I feel like he's going to get an episode, right? You think he's coming more to the fore now? Yeah. I think number five is a Sirach character focus, and we're going to learn about him. And I think our theory that he's not really a person is going to go out the window. Do you guys want to know what the titles of all of the next four episodes are? Let's hear it. Okay, so season three, episode five is titled Genre. And, oh, uh, drug. Okay. okay. So, so there we drug. go. Uh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so the, the description of the episode, as you know, they're all kind of like riddles or like mm -hmm. just yeah, they're cute. sequiturs. Just say no. So that, Oh, it is a drug so episode. Yes. It's the 80s. Yes. It's the 80s. Very excited. <laughs> oh, it's new wave time. Let's just take genre and go on the Rico app. Come on. Let's do it. Okay. Episode six is titled Decoherence. Decoherence. And the, the synopsis is, do a lot of people tell you that you need therapy? Sounds like we're going back to Man in Black. Yeah. Uh, episode seven is called Past Pawn. Past, like P-A-S-S-E-D. The synopsis is, a real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. So I think maybe that's talking about Caleb and, and Dolores, maybe. Mm-hmm. Episode eight, the season finale is called Crisis Theory. The synopsis is time to face the music. Glad it's not called Crisis Actors. <laughs> time to face the music is also good because Ford always talked about becoming music. Yeah. yeah. 
I do think Ford's coming back at some point. I hope so. The season's not going to go by without Anthony Hopkins showing up in some way. I mean, that would be cool. Jake, also decoherence is a quantum term. So devs, more devs. Yeah, more devs. I mean, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. It wasn't the easiest to try to rewatch because everything was mm. pretty much laid bare. I didn't feel like there was a lot to unpack afterward, you know, except for the man in black scenario more, more than anything. But I'm with you, Maze. I think it's a better story if he's human trying to recover the fact that he's human, right? And not uncovering that he's a host. He's just nuts right now. He's getting visions from a host version of his daughter from the future. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, again. No genre required. Mm. (laughs) Unless it was horror. Just bourbon whiskey. There was something about that, the genre thing, too. And it's funny that you say that that bar was called Atlas. Because the thing I was thinking about a little bit was Cloud Atlas movie was terrible with Tom Hanks, but yeah. the book is amazing. And it's, it's story told through multiple genres, all of them being very much genres, you know, his, the historical swashbuckler story, then a sci-fi story, then a, a noir and then a pop boiler, you know? So it, it seems like maybe they were paying a little nod to that. I guess we'll see. That is the next episode, so that that could be cool. Could be a little Watchmen vibe, right? You're right, though. There's not too many lingering questions after this episode with the reveal of the Dolores host situation and Ciroc essentially clarifying his plan to Maeve and thus us. Here's a question about Maeve. Is she alive? Because she failed pretty badly. Yeah. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. got to, she got to the reveal, but her storyline ended pretty unceremoniously guess what's gonna happen jake resurrection she's gonna hit the reset button on the game start right over and get better so rock's team is already on their way to pick her up she's gonna start a loop right back that's the beauty of her gameplay single player infinite lives and so we're saying dolores is playing a multiplayer role-playing game dolores is doing some advanced shit yeah she's playing wow what does rock <laughs> know and what doesn't Ciroc know in terms of what's going on with Caleb and Dolores. He, he, he know must know about right? what Caleb is doing. Well, if he's a hybrid, maybe not. I think if he's a hybrid, that makes him even more trackable. Everyone is trackable mm. within Rehoboam. There's so much we don't know about Rehoboam, but what he led us to believe is it's not nearly as perfect a system as they'd like it to be. Right. I think he was saying that you can't predict what everyone's going to do because of divergences in the system, things that happen outside of their control. But I think that they still know everything that you're doing if you're using things that are on the grid. That said, if we go back to episode one, he turned off his drip and and maybe he's not as trackable as other people. Rehoboam essentially gets all the data on the surface. It's kind of like, let's say Google, for example, right? Google knows everything that you search and your emails and etc but it's not a full picture right it doesn't have my westworld gaming activity which in this world is the most true self the naughty stuff yeah so that's what he's after is just a refining of his algorithm with just even more hidden data right yeah 
the true behavioral data. Because Rehoboam is working and it's influencing things, which we d- didn't really touch on in this episode, but I hope we get back to. Yeah, we need more clarity on what it's actually doing, because the only thing we've been told really is by Dolores. It's certainly keeping Caleb from getting a job. That's step <laughs> or one. Married. And a girlfriend. And married. And a girlfriend. Yeah. Well, luckily now he has a new job and a new girlfriend, so <laughs> <laughs> he's happy, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Westworld podcast for Dave Schilling, Jake Hoyt, Tom Rahaber, Strobelum, and Eden Liu. I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next time.